Good morning. Fifty days ago, Jesus suffered and died upon the cross and was placed within the tomb, and the stone was rolled over the entrance. The apostles thought that was the end. They were now alone. Yet, in three days, he was raised from that tomb, and many times Jesus appeared to those he loved. Those in the upper room, as we heard today, on the seashore, when they, oh, Peter and those went fishing, came back, fixed, and they ate together. On the road to Emmaus, where he was retelling the story to the two disciples. And as they sat and ate, when he blessed bread, were not our hearts burning? Jesus said, I was dead, but now I am alive. Last week, we celebrated the great feast of the Ascension. You know, it used to be on that 40 days after Easter. But the church has moved that to most dioceses, I think, all but maybe five or six, to on Sunday. And it's really that important of a feast day because it is the completion of his life on this earth. So 40 days he lived with those, appeared to those, make known that he was alive. That at the ascension last week, as we heard, they stood there watching him ascend. He left. He left them. They were alone. Now it was their job. He returned to the Father so that the Holy Spirit could come upon the apostles, come upon the church, come upon us, and give us strength to be that witness, to share the gift of our faith and life. And so today we gather too in this space in this church, in this space, to this room, whatever you want to use, to celebrate our gift of life, or renewed life in the Holy Spirit on this, our Feast of Pentecost. In the second chapter of Genesis, the second creation story, we are reminded how God formed us from the clay of the earth and blew into the nostrils a breath of life. And from that moment, we are in relationship with our God. In that moment, Jesus became man, man and God. But it was that moment of that breath, as Mary gave of herself as the vessel to house him and to give life to him until we come to celebrate Christmas when he then is born into our world, like us in all things but sin. Breath for the Hebrew was a symbol of life. You know, if someone stops breathing, we can do artificial respirations and try to get them back to life. Jesus in a gospel again breathes upon the disciples gathered there in the upper room. You know, they were there because they were fearful. Fearful. The story was, he wasn't raised from the tomb. They stole the body. They took the body. And that's why they were fearful. Behind locked doors, even says today. 
Again, he breathed on them that breath, that spirit of life. And then he breathed upon them the word of peace, empowering them, empowering them in their call and their mission to leave that room, to go forth from that room, just as we gather here. Now we started liturgy, and I says, let us take a moment that we may enter into word and sacrament by calling to mind our sins. Free us of that, Lord, that we really come to enter into celebration. Deacon Hector at the end of Mass will say, go forth, proclaim the gospel by your lives, or some words to that effect. I always say, and said it before, and you hear it again, the gas station. We come to be filled. We come to be renewed. Forgiveness of sin. Hear the word. Hear the story that helps us to be that better witness. The story is over 2,000 years, and that's what gives us life. Then we are nourished with the Eucharist, and then we are told, go and proclaim it. Live it. Celebrate it. Jesus said to them, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. He sends us out also. So that symbol of breath was a sign of receiving that Holy Spirit. Luke, as we've heard from the readings of Acts, uses the image of wind and tongues of fire as a giving of that. You know, you see the candles there, they flicker. Why? Because there's air moving in this church, right? Can you feel it? Can you touch it? Can you encapsulate it? No. But we know it's here because they wouldn't be burning because they need the oxygen and all that. So again, that symbol, so something, you know, that draws us to that life. And the image of fire is that sense of purifying, of refining, or removing fear and anxiety so that they may leave. In the scriptures, we see the Holy Spirit affecting the lives and decisions of many people. Paul was compelled by the conviction of the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem, even if it meant imprisonment and his own death. Mary was compelled to say yes to the call of the angel, that she became the vessel to carry the child, to be born and bring us life and everlasting life and peace. Peter was compelled to visit Cornelius' house and baptize first Gentiles into the church. Even Jesus was compelled by the Spirit to go into the desert 40 days to fast and to pray. Fifty-five years ago, I graduated from high school. And... At graduation, a young lady I was dating at the time gave me a medal and chain with the Holy Spirit upon it. Always wore it. I was say about three to five, and after graduation, she left Columbus and went with her family other places. But we were, I was at the Delaware Reservoir swimming with a few friends, and as I was swimming, I did a flip or something anyway, the chain of metal came off, and I lost it. I couldn't find it. Sometime a year or two later, someone said that she had gotten married, and it was that day that she got married was the day 
I lost the chain and medal that she gave me. Talking about a spirit moment that was for me. Saying about what I should be doing and what I am going to do, you know? So, again, the Spirit gives us that strength. It gave them courage to leave that upper room. You know, we hear all those people from the different cities and towns and regions and so forth. I suppose that they all heard the message, even though they didn't know the language. That's what we call speaking in tongues. But all heard the message of Jesus Christ. As Jesus was sent by the Father to reconcile mankind, so were his disciples. They were sent to bring forgiveness, to heal, and to bring new life. We also have renewed in his spirit today. Jesus' mission was compelled by his works of redemption and continues through those he sends forth. The power of the Spirit that is in each of us. We are renewed and in inner strength and a new determination to proclaim Jesus as Lord. As Paul says, we come to share our different spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. Our different forms of service, but the same Lord. Our different works, but our same God who produces all of them in everyone, in each of us. It is God who does it. We don't do it on our own. We become church. We have become church by our baptism and the gift of and be anointed with that oil chrism that we share in the gift in the body of Christ of Jesus. The gift of the Spirit is not just for self. It is not a gift that is kept, but a gift that we are called to share and to give away to others. Invite others to come for the common good of all, to celebrate that, and they receive. You know, how do you deal with a spouse or children when there is a problem or concern? Or how do you come to recommit yourself in your own Christian witness and life? How do you respond to the many social and moral issues or things of the church today? We can only respond if we say, Jesus is Lord in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is Lord in the Holy Spirit. As a Christian man who lives out his call to Christian faith as priest, can only come from me with that grace and the presence of the Spirit, that image. My ring that I usually wear has a cross on it with the Holy Spirit. It's kind of my religious ring, I would say, in my commitment as a priest. But also I wear another Holy, Holy Spirit medal too. So, As we celebrate then this birthday of the church, we celebrate renewed birth, New grace, new commitment, and his body is the church. Just as the apostles were fearful, uncertain in that upper room, they were infused with a fire within their gut, within their very being, that sent them out into the world, that heard their courage, their faith, their story, a 
of Jesus Christ. And that has been given and shared with us in the scriptures we read. You know, it never has been the same. When John the 23rd called the council together in the mid-60s, early 60s, they say that a window opened and fresh air was left, let into the church and that the window was never able to be shut. I think with Bishop Brennan, our new bishop, I think the same idea in my mind in him is what we experienced in the last couple months of his presence in the diocese and doing that new life and new breath is here. So we pray for him, especially as he begins. You know, Pentecost happened because a small group of people had met the Christ, had surrendered their life to him, had heard his word, and they went forth gifted by the Spirit that flamed that faith of life. May we have that same courage and strength, the faith and the breath of the Holy Spirit to surrender and proclaim that Jesus is Lord.